Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera. Props.cash is the official sponsor of this podcast, and this podcast is brought to you by Props.cash. You guys know the green and red charts and how useful they are when you're betting on NBA player props. It's like I've said, it's one of the absolute first places and the best tools that you can use to handicap. You get to see that hit rate. You can also see some of the advanced stats, including uh, the percentages, how the other team ranks in certain categories, whether it's field goal percentage allowed, uh, three-pointers allowed, how how players have done in particular matchups before. And I think it's one of the best things you can do to at least start your research and then kind of figure out where you need to go or try to understand what is going on with a particular player prop. Why is this prop not hit at all in the last 10 games why is this prop hit in 10 of 10 games like what's going on here let's dive into it but it's an amazing place to start and to collect your nba research you can also use it obviously for the nfl the nhl and mlb even though it's wrapping up at this point but it's a multifaceted tool and it's something that we all need to use to make ourselves better betters if you want to get in on this and you want to use this tool sign up with code delera 25 for 25% off your first month. And that's props.cash, everybody. All right, so we got week two in the association and producer Corey is here with us in the studio. Producer Corey, how do you feel right now about the James Harden news? Because that is obviously the biggest news in the NBA right now. And I feel like the reactions have been interesting. I'm just happy there's something to think about Dude, other than I, I can't. I can't even. I can't even think about Devito. So I can't even think about Devito. Any news is good point. news. I will say, if Devito no. was good for our New York Football Giants, no. it would be awesome. It would just be the. It, it'd be the emotion. He can't be. He went to Don Bosco, and you guys actually might be he able to see be. this right now because we're testing the video. No, so fuck him. I don't. I don't. Don Bosco. So, anyway. Don't get me. See what I mean? That's, that's what, what it produces. Shit like that. Get. You don't want that. So win football games. Anyway, James Harden. Uh, anyway, James, James Harden, Harden was traded in at two in the morning. Um, so I was actually asleep. I don't know how Corey, were you asleep at two in the morning? Probably right. So James Harden was traded Hell at yeah, two, in, two in the morning. It was a trade that we all kind of thought was going to happen, uh, where he was sent to the Los Angeles Clippers in a deal where you know. Philadelphia was able to clear a little bit cap space. They moved PJ Tucker in the transaction, which was important for cap reasons because it's obviously going to uh, PJ Tucker was on a player uh, had a player option for next season. Now it was something that he was likely going to opt into is like $11 million. That's now off Philadelphia's books. They're going to have a ton of cap space to try to go after and acquire maybe a free agent next off season, or even try to use it, uh, use some of that space right now to kind of take on a contract, do something this season to kind of improve the team. Because at the end of the day, it all comes down to what makes Joel Embiid happy, right? So that was definitely important. And then the Los Angeles Clippers, they got the guy that they had been trying to get and trying to posture for all offseason long, and they were kind of able to do it now. Why do you do it now as opposed to, you know, kind of closer to the trade deadline? Maybe you could get a better deal. It's because you need time to acclimate this roster. Additionally, when you look at the Los Angeles Clippers, now you have Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. I, if this was 2014, we'd be terrified of this team. However, it's not 2014. We are here, and a lot of these guys are seeing, they're kind of getting, they're dealing with a lot of injuries. They're getting towards the ends of their career, uh, you know, or maybe like what's useful in their career. However, the thing that's interesting here 
is that they're all free agents. They're all going to be unrestricted free agents at the end of the season. So Los Angeles has kind of doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down on their, you know, on building the team around Kawhi and Paul George to try to put up a contender. And this was, this was kind of, they've traded all the things that they could trade for the most part. They have a couple pieces. They were able to keep Terrence Mann. They were able to keep, I think it's the 2030 first round pick. So those were all important things in case they need to make another move at the deadline. But they have definitely cashed in, pushed in for all their chips in order to make this transaction. Um, I've seen a lot of takes and they're like, oh, well, you know, like Harden's a little, Harden's a little washed, you know, like, do we want this guy? He's been like a problem. He's requested three trades for three different teams, you know, in three different years. Uh, Do we want this guy on the roster? Look, at the end of the day, James Harden's a damn good basketball player. Like, in my opinion, I think James Harden is still one of the top, you know, 30 best players in the league, right? He's somebody that can average double-digit assists on a team where the Clippers have not really had a true point guard to lead this team. Um, they've kind of dabbled with some other options, like Westbrook is, like, he's an interesting point guard. Um, I wouldn't say that he's necessarily, like, a pass-first guy, um, and what he brings in terms of spacing isn't the same as what James Harden can bring. Additionally, you know, you've seen them with Pat Beverly. You've seen them try to run, you know, even Kawhi or Paul George, like running a little bit more point, trying to, to facilitate the basketball. This is a spot where you're getting James Harden. He's coming in and you kind of know what he can do. You know that he can work with those supersized stars. We've seen it. We've seen him sacrifice for that. And I think with the fact that Russell Westbrook is, you know, sacrificing a bit too, he's like number one in the locker room. You're looking and going like, well, that guy sacrificed. Like I could probably do a little bit too. So I think this is definitely an opportunity for the Clippers to kind of use the whole season to gel and try to figure out what roster, what rotations work with this roster. Um, But I do like the move overall, just in terms of like, they didn't really give up that much, but boy, does Oklahoma City own all of the rights to the Clippers next couple seasons in the draft. And this is definitely you're hitting danger zone. I think if you're the Clippers right now, but at the same time, it's like you've spent all these resources, all of these moves and everything to get to this point. You couldn't at this point say like, well, like we don't want to give up a couple more years down the road because right now I don't think they were good enough to win anyway with just Kawhi and Paul George and Westbrook. And I still don't really know if they're there, but maybe they could get there if things break right by the end of the regular season as they head into the postseason. So I'm I'm very curious. Uh, it doesn't seem like Harden's going to play the rest of this week. It looks like he's going to play. Uh, it looks like the first game is going to be against the New York Knicks. And that's on next Monday. So I think that's November 5th or 6th. Um, no, November 5th, because the 6th is Election Day, I think. Right, Corey? I think that's something that you would know. Yeah, so there's no games on the Tuesday. Um, I think on court, the play, the thing that we're, we should be looking at in Game 1 is whatever, whatever Harden's assists are, I'm sure he's going to be on like some sort of minutes limit, but I feel like the conditioning stuff has been really overplayed, just in part because... Philadelphia didn't want to play him. They didn't want to be getting fined with these, like the resting policies and whatever else is new. 
this season uh, in regards to player availability. Um, I think that he probably does need a little bit of time to recondition, but I think that Harden's such an excellent passer. And this is one of those times where he's getting the opportunity to play with wings. We've obviously seen him play a lot of pick and roll with Joel Embiid. Um, be, and then we've also seen him in like a heliocentric offense that was really based around him. We've also seen him with, you know, like another point guard like Chris Paul. But this is going to be one of the first times, aside from, you know, playing with like Kyrie and Kevin Durant, where he's playing with multiple dominant wings. Um, and he hasn't been able to do this in the past couple of years where he is not trying to get his every time. Um, I think that we might see a little bit more of a spike in terms of his three-point shooting. He's obviously a great spot-up shooter. He just doesn't do it that often. So I think we could see more three-pointers for him. I think that we could also see a good amount of assists. His assist rate's high. He's one of the best passers in the NBA still. And it's indicative of the fact, like, I went to go look to see whether or not we should bet him to lead the league in assists per game. And he's still only, like, plus 300 uh, behind Tyrese Halliburton and Trey Young. Uh, So... I think that you can expect a lot of I think you can expect a lot of passing. I think you can expect a lot of assists. So I'm curious to see where they open him in game one. But honestly, if it's anywhere like under nine and a half, maybe like eight and a half, I think it's definitely, definitely a bet in his first game in a Clippers uniform. Uh, it's also kind of cool just to see all like him back with some of these guys again, uh, namely Russell Westbrook. I'm curious to see what the on-court fit looks like at this stage in their careers. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm excited to watch it from a basketball perspective. What does this mean, though, for Philadelphia um, besides the cap space stuff? I think what it means right now is that they've acquired a couple of picks. They've acquired a couple of assets. They're definitely not trading Tyrese Maxey, who, you know, we've said this before. Um, I hope you guys have a most improved ticket on him because that's down to at some books even below plus 200. And I think that he's playing on an all-star level. It looks like that could be his award to lose. Obviously, it's very, very early in the season, but he seems to be the guy out of the candidates, especially with the fact that Memphis is struggling and Bain hasn't really totally taken that complete step forward without John Morant, that it looks like Maxi might be in kind of like a class of his own right now in terms of being able to win that award. Um I think if you were interested, you could kind of parlay a couple different things. Like I parlayed it uh, with Chris Paul, sixth man of the year. I think that Chris Paul is in a position now where we know that he's coming off the bench. Um, We know that he is, uh, you know, going to be great with that second unit. There's a great amount of rapport there. And I think that the number is still a little bit long because there's always the concern that he's going to start some games, got somebody's going to get hurt, like whatever. But I think it's at like the 16, 15 to one, it's still far too long. And it's kind of like a fun pairing if you wanted to parlay some of these futures together. Um, but back to Philadelphia, they've kind of acquired these assets. And some of the names that have been being kicked around are obviously like Zach Levine and OG Ananobi, which I think are both interesting names. Um, and we'll talk about OG second because it's going to lead into a little bit of our analysis about the Wednesday slate. Um, Levine is interesting. Chicago is in a position where you look at it and you're like, are they going to just blow it up? Like this team is not very good. Uh, you can tell that some of the pieces don't really fit well together. Maybe they can try to acquire some assets, kick some of these guys out. And I do think that Levine is a bucket. Uh, I do question whether or not the fit totally makes sense in Philadelphia. Um, do they need him now with you know having Maxi and Embiid? Uh, or do you kind of need a little bit more of a defensive guy like OG Ananobi who can put the ball on the floor? He can kind of get his own basket. Uh, but I think he might pair 
much better with those two. And obviously, you still have Tobias Harris. Um, Tobias Harris, I think, is interesting from an on-court perspective, right? Uh, his usage is up a little bit, but I think what's in- more interesting is that his shot profile has changed. He's doing a little bit less sitting in the corner, taking corner threes. He's kind of putting the ball on the floor a little bit more, driving to the rack. I like him on his points prop uh, a lot more without James Harden, um, especially because they didn't really take anything back right now. So when we're looking at this team moving forward. I think you're obviously going to be looking at maxi points, maxi assists. You're going to be looking at Tobias Harris points, and you're also going to be looking at Joel Embiid assists. Uh, if we're seeing this line at like three and a half, four and a half, those were numbers that he was going over with ease without Harden over the past couple of seasons. So those are all kind of the the actionable things that you can take while Philadelphia is kind of just like without some of these guys. Um, I'm curious to see how they blend in, you know, like Batum, Robert Covington. Do these guys get meaningful minutes or are they going to, you know, kind of just be bench depth? I think that they should all play. I think that it does make Philadelphia a little bit more interesting in the playoffs. You can kind of move some of these guys around, see who fits in what role. Um, but I think that those are the takeaways immediately. Uh, is that like Embiid assists are probably going to be a little bit more of a play, while Maxi is going to be stabilized in terms of what he can do as a creator. And I think that honestly, he might be a little bit more emboldened just because Philadelphia has really said like, we're committing to you. Uh, we like you. We think that you can be an all-star. We think you can maybe be all NBA. And we think that you can run this offense. And we don't need, we didn't need to like bow down to James Harden's demands. Like we didn't need to meet all these things. Like we can kind of move forward. Um, OG Ananobi, I think, would be an interesting fit in Philadelphia based on what he can do on the perimeter um, from his wing defense and, you know, the fact that he can also be a scorer, he can also be a creator, he can also be uh, a, a, a facilitator. Um, I do think that it's interesting because I'm not 100% sure where exactly Toronto wants to go right now. Some of it was, you know, like the vibes were bad with Nick Nurse. And you could tell directly, immediately, by some of the comments that Scotty Barnes was making. Scotty Barnes, when asked about the situation of having a new coach, talked about how, you know, he was like, yeah, like I'm stoked. Like I don't, you know, pretty much. Like it, I'm paraphrasing, right? But Scotty Barnes was basically like, this is great. I love having a new coach. And, What's happened now is that they're using him in a little bit of a different capacity, but it's kind of changed the hierarchy of things in Toronto, right? So like Pascal Siakam's usage is down a little bit um, relative to like where he has been. And then you have Scotty Barnes, who's kind of increased his usage uh, on a game, like on a game over game basis. He's seen his assist percentage rise. He's had the ball in his hands a little bit more. Part of this has to do with the fact that Fred Van Vliet just, they just let him walk in free agency. Um, They didn't get anything for him. And you know, it is what it is. It happens, right? Toronto is not a stranger to that scenario. Are they going to be good? I don't know, man. Like, I don't really think that they're that good. Um, they bring in, they bring in Dennis Schroeder, who's uh, I think I think he's a pretty good point guard. Um, obviously, FIBA, you know, FIBA MVP there, so that was nice. Uh, but I think overall, this is a team that's just kind of mired in mediocrity. And 
Scotty Barnes is actually leading the team now in usage rate at 25.5%. Pascal Siakam's at 22.3%. If we consider what's been going on there historically, like Pascal Siakam's all NBA player, uh, he is, you know, an all-star. He is somebody that teams are coveting, I think, in or would covet in a trade negotiation. And it's in stark contrast to the way this team was used last year, where Pascal Siakam led the team with a 28.8% usage rate. Then you had Fred Van Vliet at 25.7%, and then you had Scotty Barnes at 21.4%, at least from the starters, right? Now, with Scotty kind of at the helm, it's changed the pecking order of things. We're seeing a little bit less Siakam and we're seeing obviously the more usage from Scotty and it's leading to him to be hitting this one prop. So the player that I'm looking at here and it's our first best bet of the day is, and you guys know I'm like, I'm obsessed with turnover props. It's, I I think it's like a sick addiction. Um, but I love betting on turnovers. It's turnover season. Uh, and, I'm betting on Scotty Barnes over two and a half turnovers. He's had four, seven, one, and four this season. Um, he now gets to play Milwaukee in this spot, who has the fifth fastest pace. So this is a significant pace up game. I know that Milwaukee's defense isn't as good, but this isn't really about the defense of Milwaukee. It's a little bit more about the fact that Scotty might be trying to force things. He's not necessarily like the best point guard. Like that's not what his role is. I think that he's a good facilitator. Um, but I think that Toronto is saying like, here's the keys. Like, let's see how you do before we make a decision on what we're going to do with Pascal Siakam, how we think this team is going to go um, and how we're going to move forward. So at that two and a half number, I just like, I really love it. I think that it's a little bit short. Um, you know, like we're looking at this line and two and a half is nice. It's at minus 110. And it's absolutely a spot where I can see uh, Scotty going over this in this particular game against Milwaukee, who's playing at the fifth fastest pace in the league. Uh, so Scotty Barnes over two and a half turnovers. I want to pivot now to another injury um, that's been that's obviously one of the biggest injuries on the slate. And that one is the De'Aaron Fox ankle injury. De'Aaron Fox, uh, he like twisted his ankle um, late in the fourth quarter against the, uh, it was against the Lakers. They wound up still winning the game, but Fox was unable to finish the game. Uh, And then the report came out that he has a sprained ankle and it's going to be a little bit of time that he's going to be missing. I think looking at this and projecting this, that, I think the soonest he comes back is against OKC on Friday, November 10. Um, The reason I say this is that the next couple of games are this Wednesday or today, they play the Warriors. Um, And we're going to have a prop for this. We're going to have multiple props for this game. Um, They play the Warriors. So relatively important game, at least division-wise, but like there was no way he was playing in this game with that injury. Then the next three games on the schedule are kind of light. You get the Rockets on Saturday and on Monday, and then you get the Blazers next Wednesday. So those are three games that Sacramento should honestly win without De'Aaron Fox. Like they should be able to handle those three teams regardless. Um, and I think that that's why the soonest maybe we see him back is against OKC on Friday, November 10. So they don't really have a guy to replace the Aaron Fox anymore. Um, this is not a team that has like Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, this is not a team that can kind of just fill in that guard play. Um, you're going to be 
you actually don't really see a significant usage uptick from DeMontis Sabonis, which I thought was interesting. Um, instead, you kind of see it coming from around the rest of the team. Last year, the thing that was interesting was Davion Mitchell was used to replace him at the point guard position. And his minutes went from 16.6 per game to 28.8 per game. And he scored 9.2 points and four assists per game. So I think that he's going to be somebody that's used. And this was evident too, um, because when towards the end of the game, they started using a little bit of Mitchell, but then obviously to close, it was interesting because they didn't use that lineup. They used Harrison Barnes, Malik Monk, Keegan Murray, Kevin Herter, and JaVale McGee. But that was really only because Sabonis was fouled out. So I don't think that Monk would start, but it could definitely impact if he does start and Fox is out for a long time, then that's interesting from like a six man of the year award perspective. And I think it helps our Chris Paul bet a little bit more. Um, but what's interesting is that he actually scored fewer points without De'Aaron Fox last year. And I think that's in part because he didn't have that guy like setting him up a little bit. Um, so, but I think that because they didn't close with Mitchell, I'm a little nervous about what exactly his minutes are going to be. Even though we saw that huge spike last year, uh, you know, every team is different. Every year is a little bit different. I don't know if we necessarily see the 16.6 to like 28, basically 30 minutes a game. That's a huge jump. And I just don't know if we get there this season. The one player that I know will get more usage is Kevin Herter. And he saw his points increase from 14.3 points per game to 19.5 points per game. And in that, he saw his points total, or his points average increase by about four points per game. Right now, his prop line is set at 12.5 points in this game against the Golden State Warriors, who play at an extremely fast pace. Um, so this is definitely a spot that I like. I'm going to be betting on Kevin Herter over 12 and a half points. Um, even when we look at this and we filter for some of these games, you know, like where De'Aaron Fox was unable to play uh, last year, he played in how many games is this? Played in eight games. He went over 12 and a half in seven of those eight games. Uh, and he had 20 plus in four of the eight and he averaged 19.5 points, like I said. So this is absolutely a spot that I want to hit. Um, I think that the 12.5 is just far too low, and I think that part of why we're getting that is this season he hasn't been as good. He's only averaged uh, 7.6 points per game uh, over his last five games. Even this season, he's got games at 7, 0, and 12. So he hasn't even hit this line yet this season. Um, I think that this line is just like fundamentally wrong based on the fact that they really are going to need his scoring. Um, I think that maybe you there's a little bit of like Vezinkov kind of eats into that a little bit just based on what he can do. He's a polished vet coming over from Europe, even though he's a rookie here. Uh, but I think that the 12 and a half is just far, far too low. I think that you should take him at the 12 and a half. I wouldn't, and I would take him honestly all the way up to 20. Um, I think that the line is going to be very favorable for us. Um, and I think that you're going to be able to get this at a pretty nice fat number. So I like Kevin Herter over 12 and a half points. The other player that I like in this matchup, though, is once again, we're turning to DeMontis Sabonis on his rebounds. His his prop is at 12.5 rebounds. He actually saw an uptick 
of about one rebound without De'Aaron Fox, which I thought was interesting. Um, maybe it's because Fox is such a good finisher uh, and he does so many pick and rolls and screens with De'Aaron Fox that might kind of take him a little bit of away from the basket. Uh, that's the only thing I can kind of think of, like, you know, just from like my analysis of what the situation is. But against the warriors um he's been dominant over especially in the regular season and we were on this prop literally last week he had 18 a week ago and they set this line back at 12 and a half again um he's over in six of his last seven against the warriors on this 12 and a half line so i really really like the spot i think that you can take the 12 and a half a little bit of 14 a little bit of 15 a little bit of 16 a little bit of 18 it like he He's had a lot of games at the 14, so I understand if you want to really focus on the 12 and a half, but his ceiling is so high that even though no Fox should, in theory, slow the game down just like a touch, I think that Sabonis' rebounding ability overall is going to put him in a very good position to kind of rack up the boards in this game in the spot. Um, so I'm going to be on DeMontis Sabonis over 12 and a half rebounds uh, in this game. The other game, there's other game. I'm going to be writing about the Pelicans, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, so you can read my game guide at the Action Network. There, uh, it was a little bit surprising that Brandon Ingram was out last game. Um, I'm not sure what his status is going to be necessarily for this game, uh, and they haven't really released New Orleans Pelicans props in that event. So I was on, I was on Zion over three and a half assists. It missed. I still like it to be honest with you. Um, I do think that this is going to be a game where Zion might put up just like a wacky number because their Oklahoma City is going to be playing Chet at the five and there's just not a chance in hell that Chet can stop Zion. So I might be looking at Zion points in this game regardless of whether or not Ingram is in. Um, additionally, another game that's interesting to me is the Pacers versus the Celtics. Right now, the Celtics are 11.5 point favorites. They've listed Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin as questionable for the game. I think that if Tyrese Halliburton plays, then you can bet on a little bit more of the Boston player props, specifically Tatum over 25 and a half points. I've really liked the spot because he's, you know, he's averaging, he's like a 30 points per game kind of guy. And when you look at his numbers this year and last year, like even let's look at this wizards game, right? It's a blowout scored 33 points when it's a blowout or even like a win. Generally Tatum scores still it like, he's a big reason why it's a blowout. So I know like a lot of times I see in like the comments, it's like people are like, Oh, like, are you worried about a blowout? Are you worried about this? Like, is it going to affect their points? Like I see the lines a little bit lower. Some players. Yeah, I do worry about that. Other players. I don't because if it is a blowout, it's because that player went off. And like with Boston, right? Boston's so thin. There's like not a ton of players who can really go over these lines that often or like, you know, like they're they're They have only so many offensive options, right? Like, and they're almost all in the starting lineup. It's Tatum. It's Brown. It's Porzingis. Drew is not necessarily like the biggest scorer anymore. Um, and that's just not necessarily like the role that he's looking for. So if you look at the starting lineup, you have to say like, all right, well, like, if they're blowing this team out, it's because one of these guys went off. And like last game, it was multiple. You know, both the Jays went off. So I think that his prop line being at 25 and a half after being at 25 and a half against the Wizards is a little crazy, especially when Indiana plays at a similar pace to Washington. They play at one of the top paces 
in the league. But that's why I say I need to see Tyrese Halliburton in the lineup because he's a big reason why I think it doesn't get totally out of hand, number one. Um, but then also... I think that that really helps with the pace. It's going to kind of help move things along. And his defense, as we saw in the fourth quarter of the last game, it's not like the best. Um, and, you know, he can kind of get targeted a little bit. But just from an offensive perspective, the teams can really kind of get rolling there. Um, so those are some of the spots that I'm looking at. Obviously, if Halliburton doesn't play, you got to sprinkle a little bit on that McConnell triple-double, maybe a little 7-7-7 or 8-8-8. I think that's definitely, definitely a fun spot to be in. So those are some of the angles that I'm looking at for week two right now in the association. Um, a couple other things that I did notice, though, is when... I was writing my player prop forecast, obviously, and comes out every Monday. Um, Detroit's been really interesting. Uh, their next game tonight is against the is against the Blazers, and Duran's line rebounding line dropped again because he kind of like had a little bit of it was a little interesting. His minutes decreased after just being absolutely dominant so far uh this season for his rebounding so he's at 10 and a half rebounds i think that that's definitely a play that you can take if i do decide to take it i'll i'll put it in the action app so you guys can see that uh but i it's definitely a game where they he should be able to out rebound ayton but i'm going to definitely dive into it a little bit more um and finally i'm very fascinated by the lakers just not really resting AD and LeBron on a back-to-back. So I think that that's something to watch moving forward, just based on the fact that they seem like they're healthy. They seem like they're taking the regular season seriously. And whatever minutes limit that they're talking about for LeBron James is the most fake minutes limit I've ever seen in my life. Because they said, they were like, oh, he's going to play like 30 minutes, 35, 40-minute games. So I'm... Curious to see what LA does, but I think that all of these teams, and because of the parity in the league right now, they kind of know like you can't just give away games during the regular season, especially at this point. Uh, you don't want to be behind the eight ball. You want to be, or is that the expression? Uh, you want to be, you want to be in the driver's seat. You want to be able to make the decisions later in the season, where instead of saying like, oh, like we gotta play in March on a back to back, like we want to be able to be in a position where we can coast a little bit later, even if it means sacrificing a little bit more now. And the windup is it did work out because LA then wound up beating the Orlando Magic by three. Probably don't win that game without both LeBron and AD in that spot. So. That's what I'm looking at for these games. That's what I'm. Those are some of my takeaways on the James Harden trade. Some of my prop angles. Um, one thing that I did want to touch on is some of the tools that I use um, because I think that it's super helpful for you guys to kind of understand what exactly I'm doing and how I'm getting to these numbers. So. Obviously, I use a lot of props.cash. I think, like I've said, it's one of the best tools in the business. There's so much. They have, a, they have a good amount of advanced data. Um, you can sort by so many different things, whether it's like wins by this, losses by this, wins against this opponent, against this opponent, um, you know, days off, whatever. Uh, I think that it's one of the best tools out there. I also use a lot of cleaning the glass. I think cleaning the glass is well worth your $5 a month to see a lot of the usage stuff. You can see a lot of the lineup data, and it's a fascinating tool. Um, 
just to kind of see how teams' shot profiles are shaping up, what they're expected versus actual effective field goal percentages, where they take shots from, how they take those looks, who takes those looks. Um, I think that's a really important tool when you're trying to figure out who's going to excel in a particular matchup based on like shot profiles, right? Um, dunks and threes is a free tool. You can use it for adjusted offensive defensive rating. You can use it for pace. You can use it for a couple other advanced stats. You can use it for EPM, um, which is a stat for, you know, estimated plus minus, which is a little bit more about like, it's a player centric stat. And it talks about basically how a player is performing on either side of the ball. Um, I think those are all really excellent tools and you can honestly get a lot from mba.com if you know how to use MBA advanced stats. So I think that you can use MBA advanced stats for a couple things. You can look at it for just like offensive, offensive rating, defensive rating, rebound percentage, turnover percentage, pace, um, those types of things, right? You can also use it for tracking and tracking is a little bit more complicated, but I guess a couple of the easier stats that you can use are rebounding chances. So you, it, it's hard to kind of navigate sometimes. So I think the best way is to just go on Google and just type in like MBA advanced stats, rebounding chances, and it'll just take you to the page and then you can start sorting. Um, you can sort by team. You can sort by like who they play, what the date range is. Um, you can sort by some of those things and then you'll see like rebounds and rebound chances. And generally, right, you're pulling like, 50, 60% of those rebound chances in, um, and they convert to actual rebounds, but it kind of depends on the position too. Like, uh, usually forwards like centers are a little bit better in terms of what their hit rate is. Um, a lot of times you see like guards just like pass up rebounds to, for their big men. So I always think that that's like an interesting stat, right? Um, and then for potential assists, uh, you could do the same type of thing, but potential assists, they track, it's essentially like, did they pass the ball to a player who then took a shot within two dribbles of getting the basketball? And it's definitely wonky because you can actually see a player with more actual assists than potential assists. And it's because like sometimes the scorekeepers will give out an assist for something that maybe shouldn't have been an assist or they didn't track something as a potential assist um, that maybe could have been a potential assist. So it's definitely a little, it's a little fuzzy. It's a little wonky. Um, but those are definitely tools and those are definitely things that you can look at. So I always think that it's interesting looking at a team's, you know, potential chances or whatever um, and kind of understanding that if there's this many potentials here, uh, like how many should they be converting? What's the hit rate on this? Like if a guy's got 16 potential assists, uh, but he's averaging 12 assists per game, then there's probably going to be a little bit of aggression. I will say, though, that big men generally have a higher conversion rate on the potential assist to actual assists. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, number one, they're handing the ball to... Um, they're, it's usually like on dribble handoffs. They're generally hitting like higher percentage shots. Um, and they also are like if if a big man's like passing the ball it's usually because they're post passing maybe like out of the post uh into an open shot or they're passing it and then it's like a dribble handoff where the guy can drive right to the rack um maybe like around a screen something like that so they're they're a little bit more like high percentage looks that's at least just the way that i feel about it um and i've tended to notice that the conversion rate is a bit higher with that so those are just some of the things that i look at obviously if you guys have any questions let me know ask some questions to me i try to get back to you um you can always hit me in the dm uh, 
I generally am responsive to be honest with you, as long as you ask something that's like coherent. Um, and you know, I, I think that we can try to, the, at the end of the day, like I appreciate like when you guys send me angles, there's things that you guys are looking at or things that you're thinking about, because I think that that's a better way to build the community. I think it's a better way to make each other better at betting these things. And then we can kind of like alert each other to different things. Um, and that's how we can kind of create an edge against the book sometimes because, you know, as much as I can think or as much as Corey could think or as much as you could think, sometimes you need to bounce an idea off somebody because you just can't process that many things all at once. Um, or there might be something that you're not considering. I see producer Corey's got unionize the picks. <laughs> so unionize the picks. <laughs> so, but that's, but that's the thing. So everyone together can beat the books. Exactly. And you're a hundred percent right. So Corey, since you got your microphone up, how are you doing? Yes. I'm doing great, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Had a had a lot of candy today. Had a dished out quite the bit too, dude. to the trick or treaters. What did you what kind of candy? I had the opposite problem where they just they didn't show up, so I just kept housing it while I sat and waited. What kind of candy did you get? Mostly Twizzlers. That's fun. some dots. You, you know, the little ones. You in got the, the worst candy. Man. Box. What did you buy like where'd you get that Fuck from? Fuck off, dude. Did you get that? From I had what? chocolate. I just wasn't eating it. Oh, okay. So I, you, I, I thought you only bought. I Twizzlers. hate chocolate. I should probably preface that. Yeah, I thought no, you. Uh, that's just what I ate. I, I like peanut M and M. What's your favorite candy? Well, it's not something you would get trick or treating. So should I qualify it, or should I just give you what I'm looking for in the pillowcase? Both. All right, maple sugar candies from the state of Vermont. Nothing's better than that, that is, period. Right. It's just straight sugar. <laughs> okay. It's basically sucking on a sugar cube. I didn't think that was delicious. where we were going. <laughs> I know. I'm well okay. aware. I'm weird. Whatever. Okay. Get over it. <laughs> okay, um, so then what's your favorite pillowcase candy? When I'm looking in the bag, so I kind of had like, I would just trade with my brother and cousins growing up because I fucking hate chocolate. Yeah. I was just wheeling and dealing. I'm looking for vanilla Tootsie Rolls. I'm looking for the good Twizzlers. You know what I'm talking about? The short ones? Yeah. They're fat. They're like chodes. They're little Twizzler chodes. Yeah. They're not pull and peel. Are they they're not the like your standard skinny one. Yeah, they're in a two pack. Yeah, we had those little fuckers are delicious. I don't know what they are. They're, I think they're what, just cut like, in half. How come it's the only time of year I see them? No, they taste different. I don't, I don't know, know if that the the whole size is larger. This sounds awful. I should probably stop talking. <laughs> but I'm looking for those um, nerds. Boxes of nerds. Just like do a bump of nerds. Keep you going throughout the day. I love, I love that. Those are, I like those the, are great. The nerds, like the, the gummy ones now, like the rope pieces. Oh, buddy. The clusters? Yeah, they're dynamite. Yeah, dynamite. you ever throw those in your popcorn at the movie theater? Change your life. We were handing those out today. That's good. You got a good house of candy. Yeah, dude. We we bagged some candy. But I purposely wasn't eating the good shit in case kids came. I didn't want to be like made fun of. I have pumpkins outside. Oh, dude. Like, imagine if you were just giving out milk duds or whoppers. Oh, I would expect one of those kids to take a shit inside a jack-o'-lantern on my front porch here. <laughs> and rightfully so. If that's what I was doing, I deserve that. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, I I think that it's one of those things. It's I also think that there's got to be like an age where you just shouldn't trick or treat anymore. I like yeah, it's twelve. Yeah, that's what I thought because I feel like once they get a that's little bit, it. the once, end. Once they get older than that, they just try to take the whole like they just take the bowl. Yep, looking for handouts. This generation, fuckers, it's unbelievable. 
No one wants to work anymore. Nobody, Just go door to door. Shake them yeah. with the, give them a stiff handshake. Nobody wants to work for their candy anymore. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but no, but I had a good Halloween. Uh, my favorite candy. I like peanut M&Ms a lot, but I also really Did like Did you have a costume, it. Joe? Uh, no, but I sat out there and I drank probably like six beers, so it was nice. I thought you were uh, taking some time getting here today. <laughs> um, no, it was great. It was good effort. It was good effort. Um, and what else did I do? What else did we give out? We Oh, I like I like sour candies, like any sour candy, like the Airhead yeah. Extremes. I like them to a point. Love them. Sour Skittles are, are beyond my means, though, because they just ruin your mouth. I So I used to be a Skittles guy. Yeah. There's too many flavors that look too similar to the originals, and I get screwed constantly. Oh yeah, you with like be... flavors I don't like. The tropical ones. Are so now trash. I just don't eat them. Yeah, yeah, and they like have the same packaging almost now. So surprise, it's gross. Yeah, uh, I'm it's with awful. You. I don't eat them anymore. I'm absolutely fuck with Skittles. You. I'm fr- I'm with Ca- I'm with California. Fuck them. Get them out of here. I'm absolutely with you on that. Um, I I think we need to go. I think it's time to go to Pods and Rex though now. All righty, Joe. I, don't, I can keep it in the Halloween arena. It doesn't have to be because I'm probably going to not be. I'm going to. Okay. What are you giving? Because, so are you familiar with the band The Misfits? Yes. The pride of Lodi, New Jersey. Everybody loves to wear that shit when Halloween comes around. Yeah. A band called Twitching Tongues did a cover of a bunch of their songs and put out an EP. It's called the Twitch Fits. It's fantastic. I've been listening to it all day. I highly recommend it. The Twitch Fits. If you like the Misfits, you will like the Twitch Fits. They're just covering the Misfits. Oh, the band is actually twitching tongues. It's awesome. Do they twitch at all? Uh, no. But after you get smacked in the face when you're at one of their shows, you might be twitching. <laughs> Fair enough. I just watched a video of them. I'm pretty sure there's like a guy who's concussed in the front row, just like. Doesn't know where he is, what day it is. No ideas. It's a dangerous job being a fan out here. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I Gotta support uh, the team. I will recommend. Um, so this is a controversial take, and I think I've given it out before. I'm going to oh recommend starting to decorate for Christmas right now. I'm okay with that, and I think. So like I used to be like I like Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I, it's one of my favorite holidays because you don't have to buy anybody. Anything. We're gonna have a whole pot about it. Yeah, and yeah. if you guys haven't watched Thanksgiving yet, you need to do that. Um, it's homework for gobble that gobble pot. motherfucker. Um, it's great content. Um, anyway, I think that you need to start decorating for Christmas now. Number one, the decorations for Thanksgiving are minimal. Like, what are you gonna do? Put up like a brown turkey? Crap. Put up some leaves. Crap. A cornucopia. Mother Nature's doing the decorating right now. Don't worry about it's it. It's fine. Maybe you don't go crazy. The leaves out- are coming down. Yeah. Maybe you don't go crazy outside of your house yet, um, because then, like, you know, your neighbors might judge you. But on the inside, and your electric bill will go up. Yeah, and your electric bill. So there's that. Um, but on the inside, I think you know, I'm so like, look, you spend so much money. And, and buy so much Christmas shit th- to like decorate. You're only going to have Preach, it up for brother. a month. It's insane. I think it's crazy. I could not agree more with this take. I, Joe. Think, it's, I think it's crazy. Like, I think that even if you want to slow roll it. So like um, my wife loves 
loves Christmas. So we've just been doing this policy. The problem is, is like if and we've been going to Home Goods a lot because of the house. And um That's a problem. That's a problem. So we, stop that. So we've had to put like an allowance. How many baskets on have you purchased? How many what? Baskets or receptacles? Not too many, to be honest. Um, That's crazy. I get two every time I walk in there. Baskets? I don't even know how it happened. Just baskets? Yeah. I have baskets for my baskets. Uh, hey, I, I can't knock you on it because um, I probably could use some more baskets. I'm like looking at a basket See right what now. I mean? But I think... Don't think baskets when you walk in there. It's a mistake. <laughs> no. But uh, I've been saying, I was like, you can just, just get like one. Just get like one thing. But then the problem is sometimes I don't even know that she went. And, um, I just come home and I'm like, I don't remember that Santa. Like, I didn't remember this tree there. So it's been quite interesting. And then in the biggest amount of girl math in the entire world. So we were at Hobby Lobby yesterday. Um, and there, they had everything with, so I was trying to enforce the one Christmas thing, like, you know, like per trip. And she goes, well, Xi Jing Joe. They're they're fifty percent off, so doesn't that mean I can get two? <laughs> that that's better than most girl math. That checks out. Yeah, so I was like, ah, hey, you know, what? that's kind of fair. Um, so fifty percent off, I double up. Yeah, so we compromised and got three. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, Amen. Yeah, but it was great. It was great. So I can't knock that hustle. No, I can't. I really, I really can't. Um, and in the interest of uh, so, so I do think that you should get, I think you should start decorating for Christmas now. Um, it's November. Uh, we're almost at daylight savings time again, I guess. Oh, I have to bring something up with you. little soup talk. Oh, we got soup? A little soup I- talk. Last night I had a soup that blew me away. What was it? I've never had this before. It was a pumpkin soup. But it was it was almost like a chowder, like it was very thick. Okay. With crumbled sausage in it and finely cut strips of regat on top. Holy shit. Heavenly. That sounds, knocked my socks off. That sounds absolutely dynamite, to be honest with you. Yeah. It was great. Shout out to Giuliano's in in Tinton Falls. Yeah. Oh, love Tinton Falls. Good no area. free ads, but like good area. You know. Maybe they hear this and they throw your boy a soup next time he's in town. <laughs> I, uh, I just, you know what I've been, I've been enjoying because I have to throw out a food here. Um, we've been Jenna makes a fucking mean chicken pot pie, and I love it. I love chicken pot mm, pie. Um, that shit, that shit goes. It goes. It's cozy. Um, it's actually kind of nice. I like. I've dabbled with a little bit of cranberry sauce with it on the side. It's kind of a nice. It's kind of like a nice. Well, what little, kind? Out of the jar or like? Yeah, out of the jar. Like an I'm old not, person. Would I'm not like it. making my That's own. That's what I thought. Like yeah. on a fucking Tuesday, you know. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's fucking crazy. It's actually, I think, always better out of the jar. Like, we're think, gonna have a full Thanksgiving episode. I have gripes I need to get through. It's all coming up now. This yeah. discussion of cranberry I'm, sauce just gonna, triggered me. I'm gonna have to see if we can get some props.cast charts for uh, like the Thanksgiving event. Like oh yeah, stuffing and stuff. You know, I think that would be electric. <laughs> you and your cousins can start betting on like weird shit your weird uncle says, and be like, "How long do you think it till he mentions this?" Yeah, like over under, like over under. Uh, I do it all day. 
over under walks that you take with the cousins and it's like you just see mm. that the line just like it's slowly decreased over the past couple of years uh with the rise of alternative means of walking um <laughs> <laughs> yeah walking so easy now yeah it's kids so don't much easier. you don't even have to do anything it's great you just sit on the we couch just have to walk, walk like three blocks chew some gum yeah. get some cologne yeah now it's a now whole it's, production now it's like it's like a peloton but for but for your before your walk before your thanksgiving you know it's in the house you got to make that Lions game better somehow. There, dude, there's nothing. Walk with the Cousins always did it. Although the Lions game might be good this year, so at least we'll take that. Who knew? Who saw that coming? Who would have thought? <laughs> but Wow, um, I'm excited for Thanksgiving now, Joe. Thank you. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. And it's going to be even better when I'm decorated with 50% off things all around my house from Home Goods and Hobby Lobby because I just keep getting two for the price of one. Um, but with that, in, in, the to go. Interest, in the interest of discounts, you know, if you guys want to improve your improve your betting, improve your portfolio, build your bankroll, get that twenty five percent off of props.cash with Delara twenty five, and you know, use those charts, use those charts to see green. And I mean, look, it's festive; it's red and it's green. Obviously, we want to see a little bit more green. It's all about the red to green ratio here, but we want to see a little bit more green, and bring in that Christmas spirit props.cash and let's cash that.